All right, it's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour here on Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. My name is Freddie, the insignificant, significant one. Here we are, the bo- the Beer Geeks, and here us poor. Dirty Derek's here today. What's going on, buddy? Oh, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Oh, that's nice. Derek <laughs> wants to be everybody's ba- Valentine. How about you, Backyard Billy? What's going on? Not too much. I'm here. I made it. Outstanding. <laughs> and, of course, we got Polish Ed with his uh, notebook, and he was out around by the dumpster. Y'all hey. down? Oh, I'm doing great, Fred. I know you are, buddy. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to cracking open a few of these beers here. Firestone Walker today, Derek. Oh, round two of Firestone Walker. Okay. Uh, if, you, if you tuned in last time, that was... Uh, Matt uh, Matt had a, had a rough night the night before. We didn't get a chance to talk to him. He's, right. It's going to be interesting to talk to him today because, you know, I feel bad. He's a real trooper because it's actually San Francisco Beer Week going on now out on the West Coast. And uh, he had an event last night. So that gets pretty pretty crazy. So, yes. I mean, I, yes. Well, it's going to be interesting, yeah. to say the least. So he'll be good. But, I mean, he's kind of one of those people. He has so much knowledge kicking around in that noggin that I think he could be sleepwalking and still rattle off more stuff than any of us. Yeah, ever, he'll be able know. to pull it together, man. <laughs> So, well, we're kicking it off now. This is the one uh, we've had before on here, but it's just, as we've said before, the pale ales are always a great place to start with any brewery to really showcase the talents of a brewer. And what's great with all these beers, these are all fresh. Everything's been bottled within the past two, three weeks max. Everything's been bottled. So for having these pale ales and the IPAs we have, we have it at the utmost freshness. This is the Pale 31. (coughs) This is a 4.9% American pale ale. Just super, super easy drinking. You get a real great hop aroma, but it doesn't have too much of it. Doesn't it's not one of those pale ales that dangerously tread the line of an IPA. It has hop characteristics, but it's not overly bitter that gives you that IPA feeling in your mouth. Just super easy drinking. Some orange notes, like real fruity, citrus aromatics and everything. But it's just this is one of my absolute favorite beers and pale ales in the world to have. This is just one that's great to have around at any time. And you could throw this one at a, a friend of yours that maybe is like, I don't really like craft beer that much. <laughs> this is a great one you can give to them. It doesn't have too much going on that'll be off-putting to them. It's just, I, I absolutely love this one. Uh, you know, we've said we've had it before, but this is always welcome back. This is one that's always welcome on this, on this show because it's just got everything you could want in a low ABV, which is a real tough thing to pull off and and Matt really knows how to do that in spades have a great balance of a beer with a lot of hop characteristic and still maintain a low ABV which ABV which is really difficult to do if you're a home brewer that's one of the things a lot of people struggle with is maintaining a balance like that and still trying to brew a really good session IPA or session ale of any sort is having a good balance and still a good mouthfeel and all those characteristics going on. And this one really has that, and it has a really loyal following for a lot of people on the West Coast that have had this one sitting around for a while. This has a really great following behind everything with it. and It's easy to see why once you have one sip of this bad boy. It's quaffable. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing. I mean, it's quaffable. It's, it's got a little bit of uh, a hop zing, maybe some floral, grassy, peppery uh, zing to it. Yeah. Uh, but, but nice malt backbone, so it's as well-balanced. It, it's very smooth. Oh, yeah. Very easily drinkable, but, but still bursting with flavor. Yeah, and having that low ABV and still maintaining a good mouthfeel is tough. Because we've all, you know, the Session IPA is, is one a lot of breweries have started to delve into. And, uh, you know, with mixed results, some of them it'll be really, really thin and not balanced. So it'll basically be like you're drinking hop water, which isn't extremely enjoyable. 
But when you find something that has that balance in the low ABV, you know you have the skills of a brewer going on with that one. Right, Ed? Right. <laughs> and middle sip there. I just love catching that off guard. It's always middle enjoyable. Sip. Yeah, it is great, man. I wait to see when somebody's going to take the first Got crack. Got ambushed. When you take the first crack, I always like to see who's going to do it first. Derek wins. Well, you got to do something. Oh, also, you know, we didn't do the housekeeping. Our giveaway this week, we have an amazing, amazing giveaway from Firestone Walker. If you are a fan of this brewery, you want to hop on our Instagram and see this. I mean, you got shirts galore, shirts up the wazoo even, the we'll wazoo. say. Uh, hats, glassware, bottle openers, stickers, all this fantastic stuff. That's, and That's a plethora of... Oh, this is this is something you can you can have and, and, you know, have with friends. Do whatever you want with it because you're getting a fair amount of stuff with this one and a subscription to All About Beer magazine. And this can all be yours. If you just hop on our Instagram, follow us at Beer Geeks Radio and uh, follow the rules on there and just... Get on board. You could win all that stuff, and you got a lot going on with that one. I was even surprised. This is one of those ones where I opened the box and I'm like, do I really? I was going to pull a Freddy and just pocket it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just steal everything that's sent here. I rummage through everything. Actually, I try everything on. Everything on. Congratulations. <laughs> You, oh, I was going to make another comment, but I'll, I'll leave that one. Yeah, if I left <laughs> any pubes in anything, <laughs> if I left any pubes in anything, don't use it oh, for man. evidence at a murder scene. If you're wondering what that hair is. Oh, God. <laughs> so, well, yeah. It's all me. It's all me. Hop on our Instagram, and uh, you can get all that. And I did not try any of this on. I just looked at it, and a single tear rolled down the cheek because I had a. I know I had to give this away, but it's all good. I know you guys are listening, and... You've you've earned it for listening to our crap for so long. <laughs> so yeah, hop on the Instagram at Beer Geeks Radio and you can win all the great stuff. You'll see the photo. It's up on our Facebook and our Twitter as well, and uh, you can see all the great stuff that you're going to win on there. And it is completely worth it. And they're a fin- fantastic brewery. I mean, everything Firestone Walker is another one of those breweries that have a really really strong reputation and a strong following, and they've earned it. Like there, there's a lot of breweries that. Maybe they built up a reputation or a name on, on one or two beers becoming kind of a cult following type beer. But Firestone is one of those, their, their beer portfolio has a loyal following, regardless of what it is. It's a type, when someone says we have a Firestone Walker, whatever, fill in the blank on tap. As soon as people hear Firestone Walker, they get a little, okay, I'm going for that. And then they'll find out what it is. Because it just has that real quality with all of their beers. And it's just an interesting background with everything. Like where the, we'll, we'll get into that with Matt. With, with the whole English American uh, English American collaboration with a lot of the stuff and having all these great uh, flavor profiles going on, and and Matt really just kills it all the time with these great beers. <clears throat> you know, the one thing that kind of like strikes my fancy is you you look at some of the review sites, and especially when it comes to beer. So when when I'm doing my homework preparing for the show, well, you know, I'll go on Beer Advocate, check out some stuff, and you know, when you see that there's five six thousand reviews for an individual beer. And then the ratings still in the mid '90s. Um, that's a that's a credit to the brewery. You know, it's one of those things that they can. Um, y- you know, once once you have so many people review uh, your beer, you know, a lot of times they're not for everyone. So a lot of times that'll bring the average down. And uh, if you're able to maintain that uh, 95 rating on Beer Advocate, then you know that's that's yes, very impressive. Yes. You know, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, especially when, you know, <clears throat> the other thing to look at, if you're going to look on those sites, is to see, it'll tell you when the uh, the beer was added. Like, it'll tell you the year it was added. And if you have something that was added, 
you know, 10 years ago and it still has maintained like a high rating on that, that really showcases because a lot of yeah. the, a lot of the beers will come out maybe, you know, seven, eight years ago and this was cutting edge, this was the hoppiest thing and everybody loved it and then it kind of falls out of favor for whatever reason, like it'll just kind of fall away. But you, when you see a beer that was added a long time ago and still maintains really high ratings throughout all that time, that that's just a testament to the brewery. And when you can see overall a brewery having a really good rating and it's been on there for a long time, I mean, that really, you know, I, we've, we've talked on here before about rating websites and, and reliability in some of them. But at the same time, if it has that overall rating for a long period of time, that's what's going on. And that really, that beer does deserve that kind of rating and that kind of following because it's, it's earned that for that long. Because, I mean, it, you know, a lot of these beers are going to come and go in, in fashion. Like, you're going to see some beers that are just all the rage and everyone's trying to get it. And, you know, I'm not going to knock any of them. But, I mean, you see, like, beers like Hetty Topper or, or Pliny the Younger, the people, you know, line up and, and, you know, kill their own mothers to get <laughs> sometimes. And, and, you know, what winds up happening is over time, once that beer becomes widely available, it's not going to have that kind of falling because that's really, it's a supply and demand type thing with a lot of it. So, I mean, beer so good, you'll <laughs> kill your mother. That's, that's awesome. What, that's what we need to have. And a little tagline <laughs> beer so good, you'll kill your mother. It's like uh, throw mama from the train. Or oh, awesome. yeah, yeah. Hey! <laughs> Get it done with the method. That's awesome. <laughs> but, I mean, to, to have that for that long, I mean, that, that really is a thing. And, and you'll see that with some of these beers. I mean, like, you know, Hetty Topper and Plain, they, they are good beers. They, they've earned the following they have by being good beers. They didn't just, it's not like someone just brewed a beer and said, all right, this is the only bottle. Let the games begin. And just kind of sat back. Like, no, it, it, it earned a reputation and people enjoyed it. And the demand started to build up and they couldn't keep up with it. So it's a, it's a good place for a lot of times for a brewery to be in because they're, they're always up against it. And, you know, they know if I brew 10 more of these, I'm going to sell 10 more of these. But at some point when something becomes massively available, it's going to drop out of favor because there's going to always be another one. Oh, well, did you try this one? And then it just moves on. That's mm -hmm. what happens. But when you see beers like a Firestone Walker that's been around for almost 20 years now, I forget what year they started, but it's been about 20 years, and really have built their reputation up over time. No, 2000. No, no, about 15. I'm really bad at math this morning. <laughs> and we're uh, going through all of this. Like they've really built up just a strong reputation with all these things. And they've earned it and they've kept it. That's the most important thing is like they have kept that reputation intact because they continually, even as they experiment and get into all these other breweries, the beers that they're doing, they've still maintained quality. They've still maintained the, the high degree of, of what they want these beers to be. And even when they're like, you know, we, we have later on coming up, we have Sukabo. Like, they have rare release ones that, that they don't put as much out. Just as good. Just as good. And See, I was trying to figure out what that, what that symbol is. Yeah. It, it's, it's a funky S. <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, I, I don't know what the name is for that. I was like, all right, well, let me go search. And I couldn't find Sukaba because it, of that, that double S thing. So. Yeah. I, Maybe if I remember that, I'll ask him what that is. Because I remember the first time I got it, too, I was like, what the heck is this? Because I, yeah, I didn't Yeah, I thought really... it was Sukaba, but then I was like, all right, well, let me try searching Sukaba. Yeah. And then I had to search Yukaba, and then I found it. But because yeah. of that weird S thing, I yeah, don't know what it, that's it, called. It's it's Sukaba, um, but, I mean, it's, it's a really, that's one. We, we actually did that one last year's vintage we had on here, and it was. I remember that. Oh, yeah, it yeah, was good. good. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was real good. So we'll see how this one's coming out too. 
But uh, no, there's a lot. We're going to be able to talk to Matt about a ton of stuff because we have a ton of questions about a brewery that we have all we're all familiar with and one that is held in high regard. Yeah. And and it's it is really built up this reputation and, and you can find it at a handful of places now. It's slowly making its way in. Um and this is kind of one of the ones if you if you give a wink and a nod at a few places, you'll be able to to find some kicking around. Feeling a tickle. Yeah. You just kind of go in and do the secret handshake. And feel that tickle and it's all kinds of good. Hey. <laughs> Maybe you get somebody to tickle your nickel for a pickle or a pickle for a nickel tickle. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back here on the Beer Geeks Radio Hour. Home is where the heart is. It's where you hang your hat after a long day at work, where you enjoy time with your family creating fond memories. Home is a special place. And if you're looking for ideas to improve your home, or if you're looking to build a new home, then the Intercom Home Show is where you need to be on Saturday, February 28th from 10 to 6, and Sunday, March 1st from 11 to 6 at the Mall at Steamtown in Scranton. The show is free and open to the public. There will be a variety of exhibitors showcasing everything related to the home, including home builders, remodelers, design, decor, products, handyman services, and so much more. Stop by and meet the experts, get to know them, and let them help you create the home of your dreams. There will also be seminars on the various services. The Intercom Home Show at the Mall at Steamtown, Lackawanna Avenue, downtown Scranton, on Saturday, February 28th from 10 to 6, and Sunday, March 1st from 11 to 6, an Intercom marketing event. Don't miss the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters at Mohegan Sun Arena at Casey Plaza on Sunday, February 22nd, 2015 to 3 p.m. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster.com. See the Globetrotters' new world tour in Wilkes-Barre Sunday, February 22nd at 3. Construction has begun at Ken Pollock Platinum Certified, and so is the construction sale. I'm Ken Pollock, and we have lots of exciting things happening at Ken Pollock Platinum Certified. Our brand new showroom is underway, and right now, during our construction sale, we are making room on the lot with incredible deals that will move quickly. Here's our manager, Murad, with a few of them. You'll be ready for the snow with this all-wheel drive 2014 Jeep Compass at only $17,999, or a 2014 Jeep Cherokee for only $22,999. Right now at Ken Pollock Platinum Certified, just off of I-81 on Route 315 in Pittston. KenPollockCertified.com. What better way to show the one you love how special she is than to surprise her with Januzzi's Valentine's Day special. A heart-shaped pizza with a red long-stem rose available this Friday and Saturday, Valentine's Day. You can choose from toppings like pepperoni, sausage, and extra cheese. Januzzi's in Wilkes-Barre, Mountaintop, Dallas, and Wyoming. Where do you go? You go to Januzzi's. You go to Januzzi's. It's the greatest tasting pizza in the land. Great jingle, Januzzi's jingle. I still love it to this day. Beer Geek, yeah, definitely. Beer Geek's radio hour here on the Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. Brought to you by the Backyard Ale House, Linden Street in downtown Scranton. Tell us real quick, what do we got going on tonight, Backyard Billy? Well, it's Valentine's Day, so yeah. bring your bring your sweetheart for some, some good beer and some good food and have a good time. Yeah, that sounds great. We have our special caller from Firestone Walker. Derek? Oh, Mr. Matt Brennelson from Firestone Walker. Matt, welcome to the show. Good morning. Uh, so I, I had to harass you all week because I was, I was trying to debate, like, oh, I don't want to bust his balls too much for the last time, but it's all good. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I am so sorry about that. No, it happens. I really appreciate everything for you calling in today because I know you're being a real trooper because you got SF Beer Week going on. I know you were doing an event last night. Yeah, yeah, it went well. That's good. Good I'm a, to hear. I'm alive. You made it. That's all that matters. You're alive and you made it. These beer weeks are are truly brutal. Um, I know it's it's absolutely amazing for the people who live in the area. Uh, 
but it's pretty rough on the brewers. <laughs> well, I know SF Beer Week is actually two weeks, basically, too, so you got, you're you really doing it up. Yeah, I think I'm going to start a campaign to get the Beer Weeks back to a week. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people would appreciate it. All right, well, let's, let's just jump into a little bit now. With, with a little bit of background on Firestone Walker, now, when and where did the brewery actually open up? Yeah, so um, I don't know if you you have a lot of Firestone in your neck of the woods there. Yeah, it's it's been slowly trickling its way in. Okay, so some people out there probably are a little bit familiar with the beers, but the brewery itself started in 1996 in the San Ynez Valley on the property of the Firestone uh, Vineyards. And the owners, uh, Adam and David, Adam Firestone and David Walker, brothers-in-laws, Adam was a winemaker, third generation. Uh, David also was involved in growing grapes and had a computer company. So the brewery was truly a bit of a side project. And I always say the, the cocktail napkin business plan was, you know, brilliant in their minds and very difficult to execute because they decided to do barrel fermented ales. And this was back in 1996 when... Really, nobody was doing anything with barrels, and primary fermentation in barrels hadn't been really done since the Burton Union system in England. Well, that was one thing I want to talk to you about, too. Now, you, you were at Goose Island and a couple other places before winding up there. What was it like when you walked in and were shown this Burton Union system <laughs> and told that's uh, what you're going to be using? <laughs> I basically told them I thought it was all smoke and mirrors. So <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really believe it was going on. And then they showed me this thing, and I was like, really? Okay, well, when, when we grow up and become a real brewery, we'll stop doing that for sure. <laughs> nope. They said, no, this is a non-negotiable part of being a brewer here. So what were some of the challenges that you had coming into from the background you had going into to using a system like that? Yeah, so uh, you mentioned I've been at Goose Island, and, and, and Goose is a really progressive brewery. Um, Greg Hall had, you know, almost in a way invented bourbon barrel aging. So I had a little bit of exposure to this kind of thing, but certainly no exposure to fermentation in barrels. And I was still young and dumb and willing to experiment, so... That's always the best way you get into it. If you're young and dumb, you'll try anything once and then you figure it out. <laughs> so now, within that Burton Union system, what would you say is one of the best beers for people who may not be familiar with something like that, that best exemplifies that system, that really brings home what that system is about? Yeah, it's all about our double barrel ale, and DBA is our flagship product. It was the original brewery that the brother-in-laws came up with. Um and it is now the only beer that we run through the union system. So when you visit the brewery in Paso Robles, we serve 100% fermented, you know, 100% unfiltered union beer so people can really experience what it tastes like. And it's pretty amazing. It kind of, in a way, is a, a way of bringing winemaking into beer because there's a lot of American oak character. It's, it's a beautiful, soft English bitter. No, that, that, that is, I, I, I would agree with that one. That really showcases a lot of that stuff. Now, the other thing that you guys have is this proprietor, the proprietor's line of a lot of stuff. What, what's the idea with the inspiration behind you setting all these up and, and getting these? Was it desire for blending to seeing how beers age, or, or what were you going for when you started setting some of these up? Well, Adam and David, when they started the brewery, had kind of a motto, at least internally, that we were going to do very few beers very, very well, and... We really focused on DBA for the first almost 10 years of the brewery's existence. 
Um, we had a very small corral of really what were essentially pale ales and hadn't done really anything out on the, you know, strong beer, barrel-aged beer, extreme beer world. And, and I guess, you know, for that reason, I, we weren't really a darling of the beer geek nation whatsoever. I, we were kind of a Central Coast phenomena and, you know, making simple beers. It wasn't until uh, 07 that we came out with Union Jack IPA. So to start the vintage reserve, uh, kind of proprietor's reserve program was a real leap outside of our comfort zone. But I was always chomping at the bit to make, you know, these creative beers and I love it, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, and we were, we're all very happy for that because, I mean, everyone I've had. Also, you get to have a, a bottle with uh, Merkin stapped right on there, so that's always good to have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, the other one, we're just having this now, is the Easy Jack. Now, I know this is one that was initially released as being only a summer seasonal. So what was kind of the background story? Because I've, I've been told now you're kind of putting it out there as a year-round. So the backstory there is, you know, looking at our portfolio and trying to figure out a beer that would fit in really well, Easy Jack, fit in perfect. Um, IPAs obviously are hot, and lower alcohol IPAs are are perfect beers for California living. And I think everybody needs a such an IPA, actually. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but um, most of the beers, most of the new beers in our program are inspired by hops that kind of, you know, turn us on and, and turn the light on, and in this case, it was two hops out of Germany, uh, Mandarina and Melon, uh, Mandarina Bavaria and Whole Melon, and, and they're two new cultivars out of the uh, Hollertau region. Um, first time I ever rubbed them, I was like, wow, these are pretty exciting, and I, I actually came upon a beer when I was in Germany that was a Kolsch uh, dry hop with Mandarina, and I was, I was like, I gotta use this hop, and we started playing around with it. We came out with the summer seasonal, and of course, as it often goes, it was a little more popular than we anticipated, and we proceeded to run out of hops last summer. So I had to kind of regroup, go to Germany, figure it out, and then come back so we could release again this year, and it's going to be a year-round now. And I was, it's going to be in cans now, too. You guys aren't start canning, I was told. Yeah, that, is, that has begun here in California, and it's going well, and, and we're stoked. That's good. No, that's it's an always it's always fun to see the the can movement taking off with a lot of the great beers because you know of the associations many people had with cans for so long. So now the other thing I want to ask you about within this because this is something that you your background is with the hops and everything. What to you is the, is the trick or I guess secret if you will of maintaining this? You have this extraordinary hop brightness, maintaining the balance and still having a low ABV, which is just unbelievably difficult to pull off? Um, boy, I don't know. I guess <laughs> you, you got to start with sound brewing practices. I know that sounds a little boring, but, you know, you got to make a clean beer to begin with. Um, I think, and I think most brewers would agree with this, that hop selection is key with these kind of beers. You really need to, to select hops specifically for dry hopping that are in excellent shape. Um, you may hear some brewers talking about kind of garlic and onion characters that come from hops that sit on the vine too long. So you got to have these things pretty much peaked or picked at their peak of ripeness without going too far. Um, yeah, and, and we're just blessed in at Paso Robles. The, the brewing team there is amazing, and they, they do a good job of executing beers like this. Yeah. Now, your background was within, like, a hop chemistry, but you were doing it a far ahead of this craft beer thing. So what led you down that path of really getting into to keying in on hops? 
What are you saying? I'm old? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're probably about the same age as all of us, so I guess yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm insulting myself. No, um, yeah, so I, I spent three and a half years working in a hops lab in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, you know, as, as the story goes, I would drink Bell's beer at night and do hop chemistry during the day, and then I got into home brewing, and the rest is history. But, I, you know, I think it has helped me in brewing in that, you know, I understand kind of the basic science of hops, but we're not really executing anything that I was doing back in those days in terms of downstream hop products or hop oils or or anything like that. I, I'm completely intrigued by this um, hop hunter beer that Sierra Nevada came out with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, that's a bit of a throwback to those days for me. And I'm, I'm uh, I actually spent some time with Tom Nielsen learning a little bit how that beer is made, but. No, in our process, I think it's just simply knowing a little bit more about hops and and staying true to the, the great hop selection and using great raw materials. No, oh, that that's because that was the thing was you know you were into this like not saying you're old but you were into it before <laughs> a lot of uh, you know where the hops are now and the way things are. I mean, the, just the varietals that have changed and come about just in the past you know two years basically. I mean, every I mean as we're talking now, someone's putting together another one, so it just completely yeah. changes all the time. Which is a great thing, but, you know. Yeah, there was another piece of this puzzle that when we came, when I was working at Goose Island Beer Company, we came out with Goose Island IPA. In many ways, that beer was ahead of its time in in the way it was dry hops, in the way we're using hops. And so I I feel like I've had kind of a a blessed career in that I've worked with owners who are willing to take risks when it came to hops and... And, and pay for them as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the key with you want to experiment. You get someone else to pay for the experiment. <laughs> yeah. But no, th- these are all phenomenal, Matt, and I-, I can't thank you enough. You you are a trooper beyond words for getting up this early on a Saturday and uh, talking to us to, despite what you did to yourself last night and what you will continue <laughs> to do to yourself today. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. It's awesome. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate it. Cheers, man. Have Cheers. a great weekend. Thank you. And everybody had a real good time. Outstanding, fabulous. That's awesome. interview. Yeah, Matt. Matt was a. I, I, I can't say it enough. A trooper for doing that. I don't think people realize. You know, if you go to Philly Beer Week or any of these things like the the demands on the brewer are never ending because you're not. You have everybody coming up and saying, you know, try my beer, try this, try that, and then sitting there asking your questions about you. So you're getting horse. You're getting force fed beers, right. and and then you have to somehow fall asleep and then get up and do an interview at seven in the morning on a Saturday. So, Hey, it's rocking and rolling. They have a oh, lot of big it. things coming in the future and uh, moving over to cans, probably a lot of jobs going to come out of that as well, too. There's a you lot know? within that. It's a, good, it's a really nice movement because I know initially some brewers uh, were getting a little bit of backlash from people for putting it in cans because people associated cans with not craft beer, but right. it, it's actually a lot better for the beer in many ways because you don't get any light going into it. I say malarkey to that. Malarkey. Oh. That's like- I was just going to say, how diehard are some out there that are probably throwing you the finger right now oh, for yeah. making that oh, statement? Oh, absolutely. And I don't have to wonder. I'm looking at one. I, don't, I watched I don't, it. I don't, it unfolded I don't really, right in front of my eyes. I don't really care that that you know that people would think that. That's not something that really. <laughs> I really I, I would think not you guys should just sleep over it. Start hitting each other. <laughs> no, 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 no. I believe whoever wins. No, what I'm saying is I'm Fight on the I'm on Derek's side with this. If people are turning their nose, then then I don't really care. Ed's like Chuck Norris over there too. He's <laughs> yeah. just like ready to shoot a couple chop. belts. Yeah, it's all about it. 
All right, guys, we had a great interview. How many more beers do we have to roll Lots. through? We got four okay. more to work through. We have a lot to work with, so I'm going to shut the hell up. We're going to pay some bills, and we're going to come back to the Beer Geeks Radio Hour right here on Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. Here's a bright idea. Why not use light to carry billions of bits of data per second, making network connections hundreds of times faster and much more reliable? That's just what Pinteladata's fiber optic network does. See the light with Pinteladata, your recommended source of fiber. If you're looking for a quality pre-owned vehicle at a price you can afford, get to the car lot online located on South Kaiser Avenue where Taylor meets Old Forge. They have over 100 quality pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs starting at just $3,000. They offer a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Free lifetime inspection with purchase of a vehicle, 100% guaranteed credit approval. Oh, did I say 100% guaranteed credit approval? The car lot online on South Kaiser Avenue where Taylor meets Old Forge. What better way to show the one you love how special she is than to surprise her with Januzzi's Valentine's Day special. A heart-shaped pizza with a red long-stem rose available this Friday and Saturday, Valentine's Day. You can choose from toppings like pepperoni, sausage, and extra cheese. Januzzi's in Wilkes-Barre, Mountaintop, Dallas, and Wyoming. Where do you go? You go to Januzzi's. You go to Januzzi's. It's the greatest tasting pizza in the land. The Harlem Globetrotters bring the best in family entertainment to Wilkesbury on Sunday, February 22nd, 2015 at 3 p.m. Get ready for the ultimate family game night because this is where the unbelievable becomes the unforgettable. The Globetrotters are more than just a game. They are entertainment for the whole family. Don't miss the world's most famous team live at Mohegan Sun Arena at Casey Plaza on Sunday, February 22nd, 2015 at 3 p.m. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster.com or the Arena Box office. My boyfriend bought it, saved lots of money too. Vance Goy's the Diamond King. Yes, he's the man for you. Hi, Wayne Vance Goy. Valentine's Day is here, and if you're looking for a gift for that special loved one, you must come to Vance Goy's Diamond Mine on Monday Street in Wilkesbury. I guarantee you'll see the largest selection of diamond earrings, diamond bracelets, diamond necklaces, diamond engagement rings, and hundreds of diamond mountings in stock ready for delivery. You'll get the best and fastest service with free cleanings for life. We also offer interest-free financing. So buy your Valentine's gift at Vance Goy's Diamond Mine on Monday Street in Wilkesbury, just below the Wyoming Valley Mall. That's on Monday Street, Monday Street, on Monday Street. Vance Goy, the Diamond King. Yes, he's the man for you. February is American Heart Month. Heart disease is America's number one killer with more than 600,000 deaths each year. Talk to your doctor to learn if you are at risk and if cardiac screening is right for you. For more information, visit radiologyinfo.org. Bitch with your delay. (laughs) Bitch. Oh, insulting the PSA. Oh, you know what? That was my bad. I was off. I, I swung out a pitch in the dirt, man. What are you going to do? It happens sometimes. Beer Geek Radio Hour here on Sports Hub 102.3 ANBC Sports Radio. Hanging out here. And my boys, we have four more beers to go through. Oh, this yes. show is brought to you by the Backyard Ale House. Bring your broken heart tonight, too. <laughs> if you have a broken heart, not just your date. The lonely heart, the yeah. broken heart. That's what bars are for. Yeah, yeah. bring it. that broken heart in there. Backyard Ale House is open for your pain <laughs> as well as your 
never pleasure. know. You might get you might get lucky. Who knows? You never know. You <laughs> might get to see Fifty Shades of Billy. Yo. <laughs> wow. That was, that was just off the cuff. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good, huh? Uh, yeah, a pair of handcuffs at the house. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I hope your wife listens, man. I hope she's listening. Uh, she usually does. Yeah. All right, can we drink? <laughs> let's drink beer, man. Drink yeah, beer. Yeah, well, let's get back on. We're, we're, we just cracked open some Union Jack. Now, this is another one we had on, on previously. This is just, it really has a reputation unto itself as a true West Coast IPA. Just really showcases all the things that any kind of hop head out there loves. That This is a beer to go to. It has a real solid malt backbone, which is what you want. Great dry finish. And just real great hop characteristics, but it's, it's not one that has leans one way or the other, which is nice. Like it's not overly citrus. It's you get some floral, you get some pine, you get some notes of citrus, you get some of the medicinal herbal stuff, and like there's all different types of uh, hop aromas coming through. You know, it's interesting. We always we always talk about the beer being balanced between hops and malts, but now. You know, it's like the balance between hops, citrus, piney, floral, yeah. tropical, trying to trying to find the trying balance. Trying to key in on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's, that's what you'll start to see. A lot of a lot of the ways that a lot of uh, American IPAs have gone right now is leaning towards the citrus hops. You see a lot of those grapefruit aromas. That's going to be one that really comes through with a lot of the IPAs that are coming out now. That's just where the hop varietals have gone. But now it's starting to, you're going to start to see a change a little bit more. You're going to see some that have mango, blueberry, lemon, a lot of those types of things are coming out. And that's because of, you know, what what Matt and I were saying, like that's where a lot of, there's so many hop varietals that are changing all the time. Like he was saying, you had to go over to Germany and found these new ones. They're all over the world. They're growing different hops and they're crossbreeding hops and then putting out different varietals that we don't even know of yet. They call that Tawar or Tawar? That's like a wine, <laughs> that's a like wine, a wine thing. Yeah. thing. Yeah, you, you have a lot of those. No, that's why, like, you know, New Belgium we had and they had the La Terroir. La and that's what it is. It's just based on the, the environment. So you'll see it. You'll be a definite note of differentiation between an English hop, a German hop, an American hop. You can really tell that. I mean, one, it's the varietals that we grow here in America are a lot more aggressive because that's what we put in our beers. English, they don't put those types, although there is a big movement now in England towards that, and you're starting to see a lot more of those type of aggressive hops being grown, and in Germany. And that's really the uh, influence that we in America have had on the craft beer scene, that we're now going back to these places that inspired us, like Germany and in the UK, and they're starting to take off on trying to do what we're doing here as far as the IPA and things and making bigger, more aggressive beers when these were territories that did traditional low ABV, easy drinking beers, they're now trying to get into doing these bulked up huge IPAs. You see a lot of that in, in the UK, especially. They're playing catch up. Yeah. We, we, they, they are now learning from the master. That's it. <laughs> we set All right, the it's tone. Like, who's the master now? We, 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 <laughs> we took that and we are now uh, showing them what to do. And that's where it's going. And it's, you see a lot of them trying to play catch up with us and, and you know, breweries like Brewdog in Scotland. And then uh, I don't remember what the one that has, there's one in Scotland too that has the, the highest ABV beer in the world. It's called Venom. I can't remember the name of the brewery. Ooh. But uh, yeah, it's sixty-one percent. Holy God, yeah. that's a nuclear bomb! <clears throat> that's they they kind of got a little caught up in that race and then just Ooh. slapped it all in the line. And people said it is the most undrinkable beer that you could have. Well, just because it's high ABV doesn't mean anything. It just they can claim it's the highest right. ABV, but it's the least drinkable. So what's the point of unlike, having that? Unlike Utopias, which yeah. was like 20, amazing. Yeah, that's like twenty-nine percent gets up over the thirty percent, and that's super drinkable. A, a really amazing beer. 
And then you get up into territories like that, and it's like, well, yeah, you can claim that, but no one wants it. We had so. the, the bloodlust on tap last night. That uh, was like 18%, but it's it 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 hides it very yeah. well. That's so, what's I mean, great. It's like crazy those. beers, like 18%. Were people going for it, Billy? I think so, yeah. 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 So it was... Interesting. Yeah. I mean... I think I think the keg is still on, but probably not going to last the past end. today. Right. Yeah, that that's. I mean, you see a lot of breweries. That that was one thing that craft breweries got caught up in. It was, you know, Dogfish Head and Sam Adams were kind of caught up in it here, going back and forth a bit, and then some of them jumped because that's uh, Brew Dog jumped into that too as well, and they got into that. That's when they did that sink the Bismarck, the one that yeah, was uh, yeah. brewed and putting a squirrel taxidermy yeah, squirrel mouth. Yeah, that that video was great. Yeah, they got they got caught up in that. But I mean, they only brewed like twelve bottles, but it got them all the publicity they could ever want. And then, uh, you know, a couple other breweries got involved, and that kind of died out because I think once people got into that, it was like, all right, well, it's highest ABV, but it's awful. Like, really, once you got above Utopia's level, one, you're not – even Utopia's treads the line, a lot of people argue, of it being beer or not beer because it's so high in alcohol. There's no carbonation. It's more like a cognac. And then once you get higher than that, I mean, really, how can you make the argument that that's, that's still beer? I mean, technically, by the brewing process. Well, it's not distilled or anything yeah. like that, but. Technically, by the brewing process, it is, but it does not drink like any beer that you would probably even want, let alone have sitting around. Well, it's it's a true chemistry experience because, uh, or experiment, you know, the yeast, the, to, to be able to get the yeast to survive in that sort of environment is. Oh, God, yeah. That, that's it's a remarkable you, challenge. You but. really have to do a lot of barrel aging and swapping out barrels and just keep moving it around because it, it, it the yeast is going to die in, in an environment like that. That's basically you're just taking yeast and just committing mass murder by dumping them <laughs> into that whole thing because that's not going to be something they can live in. All right, we're cracking up. Now we're getting into the bigger boys. This is now the the double jack. So when you're saying bigger boys, you're talking about ABV, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, now we're, we're getting a little bit higher. I think, what was the union is around? 9.5 is the double yeah, jack. 7.5 is union, 9.5 is the double. So we're starting to get the Sukabo. We're going to be ending the double digits on that one. You guys enjoying your breakfast today? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right. Looks like you're enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's nice. Like, I mean, if, if people are out there listening in the immediate area, you can go to a few. Do you guys have any? And you under- can drink this early in the morning as well. Okay. There, there's a handful of places you can kind of go around and, and uh do the old wink and the nod and, and get a couple of these sitting mm-hmm. around. There's a few craft beer places. Might have there, there might be, like, you might be able to, if you, if you if you get friendly with someone at Backyard or someone at Cooper's or yeah, a handful of other places. Yeah, get friendly with someone at Backyard, <laughs> 50 hey. Shades of Billy. <laughs> <laughs> just Sand. ask Billy to just tie you up and, and you might oh, be able to get dude. something. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you just, Billy, like, ghost, got, ghost. got real excited there for a second. No, because I thought of something and I don't want to say it on the air. So that's it. <laughs> We're going to take the D exit out of here or what? Exit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Oh, I'm going to take the high road. I will use it to make fun of you off the air. All right. Okay. I'm game. There you go. But no, Sorry, this Derek. is this is another one. The double jack is, is one that they really got a stellar reputation from. It's just a solid... Nine and a half percent doesn't drink like it at all. Uh, you can you can tell a definite difference if you have a Union Jack and a Double Jack side by side. Like we're just having these right one after the other. And there's a definite heftier mouthfeel to it. There's more of a malt backbone. The hops are definitely stronger because that's really what it is. When when people hear double IPA, it pretty much is literally what it means. It's double the ingredients of an IPA. You're throwing in twice as much malt, twice as much hops for the easiest way to describe it to people when you're comparing it to the ingredients of a regular IPA. It's just bigger and you have a lot more. You have to, to maintain that balance. That's why if you're, you can't just double up the malt and keep the hops the same. It's not really going to be an IPA. 
because you're gonna you have to maintain that balance for a really good solid IPA and to have that dry finish that you want. Like that's the hallmark of a great IPA is a super dry finish and, and all of these have had it. I mean we've we've moved up the ranks from doing a pale, then we had the session easy jack, union jack, and now we're up to the double jacks. I mean we really went in a progression right there of what IPAs are and you can definitely tell that this is the bigger boy of all of them. Because this really is, I mean, just ABV-wise, over twice as big as this Easy Jack. <laughs> so, I mean, we've really stepped it up. But in all of those, like, there's 50 no... shades of Jack right <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's, there's no hint. <laughs> there's no hint of, like, alcohol heat. Because that's one of the dangers you get into some of these these IPAs and, and well, a lot of the beers when you start getting into the higher ABV is that alcohol heat. And that puts a lot of people off. Even the most, you know, diehard of crap beer fans, when you get that alcohol heat, it's just not as enjoyable no matter what. Even if it's, you know, a 19% alcohol beer, if that's there, it's still kind of like you expect it a little bit when you get that big, but it's still kind of there's something about it. You're just like, I didn't really want that because that's something you get out of liquor and things like that. And you, you really want to have an easy drinking beer that has a nice dry finish. And that's that's what I love about everything with Firestone. Like They really pride themselves on having that key balance and, and just having that maintained throughout all the beers that they do. I think Matt said it best. It's like it's a you got to start with a clean beer, and that's probably the best way to. I mean, it's yeah. just it's just clean. The flavors are appropriate. That's and that's yeah. what, you know with anything you know just like with the music, like you start with the fundamentals, and then you kind of get out and start getting crazy. And you have to have those fundamentals now, especially with brewing. Like you got to get those fundamentals down of all right, what makes balance? What makes something good? What's tasty? What what doesn't? And, and find those things, and then you can tweak it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Your child's first rock record shouldn't be King Crimson. <laughs> shouldn't definitely not do that to a child. Some Velvet Underground. Some, yeah, yeah, I know. I hear you. You don't want to do that. Good point, Derek. It would be fun to see that, though. Like, Just throw that at them. Yeah. <laughs> don't start them off with something basic. <laughs> you know, something light and get them rolling into it. You know, start them off with maybe a Fleetwood Mac even, depending. I don't know. Here's some Kenny G. Just uh, Well, no, dude, that's not rock. That's a whole different topic for a whole different show. What I do have to do now is take a little break. We're going to clean some glasses and get back. And then we have two more big boys, Derek. Oh, we got two of them. Two more big boys. But first, we're going to drag the waters with Pantera here on the Beer Geeks Radio Hour. Drag away. 
Radio Hour, Sports Hub 102.3, NBC Sports Radio. Two more beers to barrel through, and I don't want to disappoint anybody, so we better make sure that we pass those glasses around. Oh, Cheers. absolutely. Dirty Derek got it going on. We have now the, the Wookie Jack. Now, this is the only one that I have not had the fortune of trying prior to this. This is a, a Black Rye IPA, 8.3% ABV, so we're, we're still hanging in there. Uh, it's just a really solid, like... If you haven't had anything with rye, rye is an interesting thing. A lot of brewers, like that's one thing I'm sure if I ask Matt, like, how do you like brewing with rye? Oh, God. And nobody likes brewing with rye, but it gives a real nice characteristic, but it really gets gummy, sticky as you're trying to brew with it and just kind of messes up everything. So if anybody's ever brewed with rye, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's, it's really difficult. But when you get it and you hang in there and, and get it balanced out right, it's wonderful because it gives these really nice spicy notes to it. And having this with like a black roast and malt, you have some smokiness, some spice from the rye, balanced with like a whole ton of hops thrown in there. And it, it's really, really complex. Like this is kind of one of those beers you could pour, just sit and sip on for an hour. And as it warms up, I'm sure you're going to start getting even more notes coming through with it because it, it takes on some of those uh, brown ale. I don't want to say a, a stout characteristics. It's not that dark as far as the malt goes. It, color-wise, when you're looking at it, it, it's a fairly dark beer. I mean, it looks, looks like a stout for a lot of the, a lot of the things as you're looking in the light even. Um, but it has like real nice characteristics that are just fairly complex within this beer that you could sit and just enjoy this for a long time. And I'm sure this is one of those beers that's a pain to brew with because of the ingredients involved. And anything, once you throw rye into it, it's like, all right, this is a risk, but we're going to try it because you just got to see what happens. But this is one that has another, you know, the whole Jack line from Union, or from uh, Firestone Walker. It has a great following. And they, each time they do it, they, I, I think that they hold that line in such high regards that they're not going to put something out that they don't fully stand behind. And, you know, Wookie Jack is one that, that really, as far as the black IPA category goes, this is one that stands on its own. It's it's actually interesting because it's like you said it's a, they call it a black a black or IPA, but it's actually double dry hopped, so you do get some spicy yeah. spicy dry hop notes, but a luxurious head on it. it was oh, it's very so creamy. creamy. Yeah, that's, that's the one thing you you a lot of people will use rye for that reason because it gives the the beer this real creamy body. That that in this really huge thick head as you pour it, that you'll notice the difference between having something with rye versus without rye. I got two great names for a jam band out of that conversation. <laughs> Brew with rye. That's an awesome name for a jam band. And what did you say? Double drop D, double drop hops, <laughs> something like that. Oh, I'm sorry. Billy's sending the text. Billy's too mean, important for I'm us. I'm right sorry. Now. Are you posting a status on your Facebook right now? <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. I shouldn't have done that. What's You're that? I'm sorry. Are you talking to Facebook? me? I'm sorry, Derek. <laughs> so Are you Derek. talking to me? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. We 
a prepubescent girl in the studio yeah. with us today. <laughs> I don't know. Send a selfie and see if your brothers are going to dress the same for today. Hey. You know, you might as well see what that shirt looks like on you. So, I'm sorry, Derek. Billy was posting. No, I'm sorry. Let's see that's on Facebook. <laughs> I was I liking you, a cat photo. Yeah, I was just, just going to say, I was... I was, uh, I was uh, you know, uploading a cat video. <laughs> <laughs> My public demands it. Oh, wait, that's a shot toward me, man. Oh, it is. I, I didn't even think kitties. about that. Shot All across right. the bow. That's what I said. Good job. No, you know I love you, buddy. Um, but no, this is one. The Black IPA is a category that, that's really taken off in the past couple of years. You see a lot more breweries getting involved with it. And it, it's, it is a very divisive style. Some people either absolutely love it or you, you hate it. And that, that's the tough thing with, with brewing anything like that is just seeing what the public reacts, like how they, they take it. And you can see where a brewery goes. Like some will throw a ton of citrus hops into it because that's, you know, the, the flavor that, that a lot of people enjoy. And others will just go for that really easy drinking beer. And that's really what Firestone did with this is this is just a really easy drinking, fairly complex beer. The mouthfeel, I think, is just absolutely incredible within this. It's just so smooth and just so easy drinking and, and no hint of, of higher alcohol whatsoever. It just drinks. It, it, it has a mouthfeel of kind of a stout, and a lot of that is from the rye and, and, the, and the malt uh, used in it. It gives it that real smooth characteristic. But, I mean, this is one I'm kind of glad I hung off on, on having it. It's just super, super enjoyable. <laughs> That's really how you can sum this one up. I'm gonna drink my last gulp, and then we're gonna we're gonna tackle this bad boy we got to end with. The Sukaba or the double S? Oh, I didn't ask him. I didn't ask him. Now you said that. I just realized I didn't ask Matt with Sukaba. Yeah, you gentlemen were talking about that beforehand too. That you wanted to talk to him about that, but. Get well, screwed up. That's kind of why it's tough to, to drink and then do an interview. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> I will give that to you. You are going into the, it. The fact the that I get drink. any questions across to him, right. I consider a success. So this is the 2015 vintage Sukaba. Now, I said we, we had this one on here before. This is a barley wine. This is just, it's 13.3%. So this is one that we are... Uh, Treading carefully with as we go through this one, but this is speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking straight from the bottle. <laughs> but within this, this is just we had this before, uh, just super complex. I mean, just over the top barley wine. This is a barley wine that has tons of notes going on in it. Didn't take a sip of this year's yet, so I'm just rattling off one from last year. But I remember there was a lot of vanilla notes. You get some coconut. There was some cherry notes. Check. Check. Okay, so Check. we're still we're still hanging in there, but there, there's a lot, even some like notes of chocolate. I remember came through within that. That's what I remember from last time. But it's gonna be different every time because I, I don't know. I think last time when I had the bottle, it was a couple months old. This isn't not nearly as old. I don't know when they bottled it, but I mean, it was 2015. It's only February, so it's not that long ago. So within that, it's gonna be a little more fresh. So the barley wines. That's a great style to age. You know, we talked with Patrick Dawson, but from the author of Vintage Beer, he was saying that's a really good style to age is a barley wine because that some of them can really hang in there for up to like 20 years within that and just completely continue to develop and all these different things will go on. But the, the hops in a fresh barley wine, that's something if you are someone that absolutely loves IPAs and loves that hop bite, it, it'll really come through. If you drink a fresh barley wine, you're going to get a ton of hop bite from that because that's really what's over the top on that is a lot of those hop characteristics. But as it ages out, it'll smooth out and become really rich, almost like a sherry or a port. So let me, I'm going to stop drinking. I mean, stop talking and take a drink of this thing because I still have not done that. 
I thought you'd never shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to do that when you had a mouthful. See, I almost, got the the <laughs> I almost got the pole hander, and I almost got you. But you're, you did. you're well, actually, you're both right in front of screen, so. <laughs> that could have ended poorly for both people. Yeah. The whole thing would have just shut down. Yeah. You okay, Eddie? Very well. All right, man, because you look like you pulled a muscle over there, bud. <laughs> just making sure. And Backyard Billy held himself like a rock. He's a rock. Man, I'm steady Eddie. Uh, this is this, this still has a lot of those those barrel characteristics coming through on it. I mean, this is oh, this is one. If you're a fan of the big beers, like you love those bourbon barrel aged type beers that have that high ABV, this the Sukaba is absolutely a must try if you can find this one. This is, and it does have a, a really good following. If if you follow any social media stuff or anything, like on the Instagram, you see people with this one. This is one people love going after. This and Parabola are two really sought-after beers from, from Firestone Walker, and it's easy to see why, and to let these age out, too. We'll take there. There's a little bit of heat coming through on it, but nothing that's off-putting. It's kind of more on the back end. You get a little bit of hint of like a, like a bourbon, a little bit, but very, very tiny amount. You let this age out, that'll be completely gone. But this is a really good dessert beer. This would go really well if, you, if you're you know out there and you're getting ready for Valentine's Day. Right. You want to... You wanna, you know, surprise the lady. Want to surprise the lady? You want to pop a bottle of Sukaba? You want definitely, especially if you want to pound the bottom out of her. <laughs> Put on some True boys that. to men and crack open a bottle of Sukaba. Yeah, Sukaba baby. But now Sukaba pounds the bottom. It, it's just absolutely. <laughs> That's damn. a great line. That's a great band. Name. That is. But that, uh, well, I think you'd have some legalities. No, to th- deal this has this has so many notes of, of just like dessert style stuff. I mean, there, there's just like there's cherries, there's vanilla. There is still a little bit of hint of cocoa in there, but like really fresh. That'll I think develop more as it goes out. And this is one that if if you got a bottle and hung on to, it would kind of develop into those port cherry characteristics. Will start coming through more. But you know, thirteen percent. I, I would. It, it's one of those beers. Like it's you say it's thirteen percent. It's like really. So I could drink a whole <laughs> pint of this and be. I, mean, I probably wouldn't be fine. I was going to say I'd be fine, but I wouldn't be. But this is definitely one you could sit and just drink and just sip on, especially on a cold night. And, you know, we're supposed to get some more snow, snow in New England and get Look out the window. hammered again this weekend. This is a bottle. Go, go run out before the storm hits and uh, pick up a bottle of this and keep warm and keep, you know, turn the heat down. Save your heating bill. Just get some bottles of <laughs> yeah. this. But th- this is just one to just sit and sip on and just really enjoy. Um, you know, Fire Snow Walker really knows what they're doing with Everything. I mean, there's not one beer I've had that's that's not good. There's there's not one beer I've had from this brewery that is not just absolutely phenomenal and textbook for any style that they're going for. And we're glad that they joined us today. It was a lot of fun. Great beer being drank by my good friends here. Is it drank or drunk? Being drunk? Drank, drunk. All right. Drink, drink, drink. Next week we have Odell Brewing, a really nice. a, a phenomenal brewery. Oh, the owner, Doug Odell, is going to be calling in, so it's a big, Dude, big to do. that's awesome. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal brewery. we got some great beers. I, I I'm got a fan. Yeah, they're absolutely amazing. Anybody who knows of them, oh, they're great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Join us again next week, 10 a.m., brought to you by the Backyard Alehouse in downtown Scranton. Consider yourselves all dealt with.